Well, good morning, church, and uh, can I say again, welcome, welcome to Church Online. It's so lovely to have you here with us. This morning, I'm coming to you from my lounge room, from my lounge room to your lounge room. So um, I'm so excited to be preaching to you from the comfort of my home. You may hear my cat meowing or my fire ticking along uh, just as I sit here and bring the word of God this morning. I'm really excited about what I'm speaking around this morning. In fact, I'm so excited that on Friday I, I've road tested some of this uh, scripture and some of this preaching with uh, some of the young people as well, because I think this is such a word in season for our church, uh, such a word in season for us on hearing and recognizing and knowing the voice of God in our lives. So I'm really excited. If you haven't joined uh, in with us in the last couple of weeks, this is actually part three in a series. And Pastor Brad has uh, brought two incredible uh, encouragements and two incredible words um, from from this topic around hearing the voice of God. Uh, so I'm going to uh, sort of touch on a couple of things that he spoke about, um, bring my own uh, piece around hearing the voice of God through people, um, and then finish with a bit of a challenge. So um, let's dive into it. On the first week of this series, Brad spoke to us about uh, the word of God and how we can hear the voice of God through his word uh, when he speaks to us. He spoke about the idea of God being uh, a good shepherd, of Jesus being a good shepherd who we can trust and who we can rely on. And he challenged and encouraged us to be obedient to the voice of God uh, and to read the word of God, to become acquainted with the voice of God through that. Uh, he read a scripture, which I just want to read again to you. Um, it's from John 10. Uh, he started in verse one and said this. Here we go. Uh, Truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. And the one who enters the gate as the shepherd of the sheep, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. I don't know if you know this or if you've ever Googled or YouTubed um, a shepherd calling his sheep, but it is like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, it, I encourage you to do it today after the service and um, when we finish up, just jump on YouTube and Google shepherd calling sheep. Google on YouTube, jump on Google and go on YouTube, but watch a video of a shepherd calling his sheep because what happens uh, in a lot of the videos that I've seen is um, people will come to the fence and, and the shepherd will be like, well, just, you know, go ahead, call the sheep. And so the people come to the fence and, and they call out to the sheep. I don't know, like, I don't know what people call to sheep. Sheepy, sheep, sheep, sheep. They call, they call out to the sheep, and the sheep, uh, they don't, they don't move. They don't uh, even look up. They just continue eating the grass and I don't know, pooping. I'm, look, I'm not 100% really sure what sheep, sheep do. Eat grass and poop. Anyway, either way, the sheep just keep doing uh, what it is that they were doing, and they're not phased at all by someone calling them. And a few people may try a uh, sheep, 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 and they just, they don't. They don't even flinch. And then uh, in, in lots of these videos I see, I've seen, uh, the shepherd comes and the shepherd comes to the fence and he calls out to his sheep and he, he does it in a way that um, is the sheep recognize. Um, and he calls out to his sheep, 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 come, 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 come. 
And the sheep, first they just start barring, barring like right away. They're like, bah. <laughs> and then as he continues to call, the sheep come running. The sheep come running toward him. And I think just what is sort of um, incredible about this picture, because often in scripture we read uh, these sort of pictures of what Jesus is trying to explain to people. And because of the context that we live in, we don't 100% understand. So um, the reason that the sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd is because the sheep spend time with the shepherd. And so they become well acquainted with his voice. They recognize what his voice sounds like because they spend time in his presence. And so it is uh, with God and with recognizing his voice. We become able to recognize the voice of God when we become acquainted with what he sounds like. And one of the ways uh, that we become acquainted with what God sounds like is through his word. And so can I just reaffirm what Brad spoke to us way back at the beginning of this series, that through the word of God, we begin to recognize his voice. And as we recognize his voice, we'll be able to hear him in other ways as well. And so then in, that was week one. And then in week two, the, so week one, the sheep yeah, hear the voice of the shepherd. Uh, and then in week two, uh, Brad spoke to us about the spirit of God and how the spirit of God uh, at work within us uh, causes us. If, if we are acquainted with the voice of God through his word and through uh, proximity to his presence and hearing him, the spirit of God can also speak to us. And so uh, it was incredible, and I highly uh, recommend that you listen to it. He spoke to, uh, around, around being submitted and silent and situated. But one of the things that really stood out to me, and, and um, the reason I want to hit on this point this morning, is because it sort of um, reflects back what was said in the first week, and, and the idea that the, the Word of God is living and active, and it reveals to each of us, through the Spirit of God, slightly different things. Uh, I know... Many of you would have had the experience of opening the word of God and seeing there um, something that seems so clear to you. Uh, and then someone else uh, may be like, oh, but what I see there is this. Um, and, and as long as those things aren't in direct contrast of God and his character, generally what is happening is the spirit of God is revealing different things to different individuals. So last week when Brad was pe- preaching around the spirit of God, there was something that just really stood out to me. And I want to share it uh, with you because I feel it leads really nicely in what we're talking about this morning. Uh, so we're in uh, the book of First Samuel, uh, Eli and Samuel. Uh, it's uh, chapter three and it says uh, this, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the Lord was, uh, wo- the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down at his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And the Lord called out to Samuel. Now, Brad uh, preached an incredible message on this last week. But that last little section really uh, sort of caught my attention. And I, and I feel God spoke to me through that. And, and this is what he said. Um, the ark of God, the ark of the covenant. In those days, that was where the presence of God came to meet with his people. The presence of God came to the ark of the covenant and met with his people there, uh, which is very different to the experience we have now of the spirit of God within each of us as a holy temple and and our sort of post-crucifixion resurrection um, and a sanctification post all of that like we live in these beautiful new testament new covenant times right but here the presence of god met with people uh where the ark of the lord was so 
the encouragement that came to me through this is that we begin to recognize the voice of God when we spend time in proximity to his presence. And there is power in proximity to the presence of God. And so here is Samuel spending time in the presence of God, silently waiting. And he says, as Brad mentioned last week, he says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak because I am listening. But here he was in the presence of God as he as he said that. So the encouragement to us, I think, is uh, not only do we need to recognize God's voice, but then we need to be listening for it. We need to be in his presence, listening to hear his voice. There is power in proximity to the presence of God. And as we spend time in, uh, in God's presence, as we spend time with him, again, we are able to recognize his voice like the sheep who hear the shepherd because uh, we begin to understand that it aligns with God and, and how he sounds and what he sounds like in his word and what he sounds like in our spirit. Uh, and we begin to recognize his voice. We are able to hear and be obedient to where he's calling us. So that leads then to my sort of topic this morning, after that little recap, around the word of God. Oh, sorry, not the word, around the people and hearing God's voice through the people, through people, that we can hear God's voice through others speaking. And we see it in the Bible, so uh, that's always a good sign. We see it in the Bible, uh, in sometimes in really uh, obvious ways and sometimes in slightly more subtle ways. But we see it often, um, the most obvious we see in scripture is obviously the prophets. Um, so we see people like um, Isaiah and Ezekiel and Elijah and uh, these people who have really cool names and they're like cool baby names that people <laughs> are picking out now. But they're not just cool baby names, they're people who spoke Uh, the word of God, people who spoke uh, words that God had revealed to them. And so often God can speak through people. But I don't want you to think that he only speaks through uh, pastors and leaders and prophets, because that's not true at all. Um, Again, we see over and over God speaking through ordinary people, just uh, everyday people. Uh, teaching uh, and and sharing and, and making us more like Jesus. Now, whenever we have a conversation like this, I feel like, uh, I always feel strongly that we need to make a statement around this idea that there is a difference between um, spiritual abuse and God speaking through his people. So I'm not, when I'm speaking around this idea, I'm not talking about people saying, do this, God told me that that's what he wanted you to do and that's 100% the truth and that's like God told me. Like, I don't mean that because... um, that can really lead to an unhealthy kind of place and uh, and into a place of spiritual abuse. So what I want to say uh, is um, that when God is speaking through people to you, uh, all the power is with you as the hearer. You get to decide um, if that aligns with the voice that you recognize, the voice of God that you recognize. Does it align with what the good shepherd would say to you? Does it align with the spirit of God and how he is speaking to you? And if it doesn't, then... Um, then it doesn't. Okay. So just the, the preface of that. Um, what I actually mean is perhaps sometimes these more subtle times where, you know, you've been praying through something or thinking on something or really wrestling with something and God brings uh, somebody into your life or into your uh, circle or just crosses your path. And it really confirms for you or, um, 
challenges you in an area that you've already sort of been thinking around that's a great example of God speaking to us through people Um, and maybe it's happened to you where somebody has just said hey I want to encourage you sometimes that can be a way that we people frame uh, the words of God I just wanted to encourage you or um, I've had you on my mind today and I don't normally but I just wanted to check in and see how you were or um, I felt the Lord saying um, and I just wanted to share in that really non-confrontational kind of way. So let me give you an example. Um, I was absolutely the last person to know that I had a pastoral calling. I I was the last one to know. And perhaps I had a little inkling for a little while, um, but truly I think that around me, many people had been speaking this into my life and had been encouraging me in this area. And truly I was the last person uh, to know. But God spoke to me in a lot of different ways and some of them were through people. So um, a particular friend of mine, his name's Henry, he was the first person who said to me, so what, you're going to be a pastor though, right? And I thought, what? (laughs) What? Uh, And it turns out that that was the seed at the beginning of this journey that has brought us here this morning. So um, sometimes God plants a seed or a thought. Let me give you um, a scripture, a, a a picture in scripture of what this might look like. So we're going to Exodus. Um, Brad has spoken in this series about Moses and uh, he didn't touch on this section, but I want to tell you, I want to show you something that happens in the story of Moses um, in a way where God speaks to Moses through somebody else. So let's get up to date with the story so far. Where we're picking up the story is the Israelites have come out of Egypt. Moses has called, uh, God has called Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. They've come out of captivity. The sea has been parted. They've come through. um, And now they're sort of, they're, they're not at the place where they're at Mount Sinai yet, but they're almost there. So they've been complaining, complaining, complaining. So we're going to, um, chapter 18. So we're literally like chapter 19 is like, Mount Sinai, right? So, but they've been complaining and they're, they're angry at Moses and they're angry at God and they're like, honestly, we would rather go back to Egypt. We would rather go back to slavery. We'd rather go back to captivity. Like they're just grumbling, grumbling, right? And um, and in chapter eighteen, Moses honestly is exhausted, uh, as it seems, as we see it in scripture, because. Um, every grumbling, every disagreement, every question is all coming to him. And uh, Moses is probably at this point on the edge of burnout. Like he's just got too much going on. He's got too much going on and he's wrecked. And in um, in Exodus 18, starting at chapter 13, we're going to read uh, what happens and a time where I believe that God is speaking uh, through somebody else to Moses. It says this, The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. And when his father-in-law saw that Mo- what Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is it that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around from morning to evening? And then Moses, verse 15, Moses answered him, because the people come to see me to ask God's will. And whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. And Moses' father-in-law replied, and his father-in-law has a cool name as well. His name's Jethro. I like that. Um, his father-in-law replied, what you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you and you cannot handle it alone. Now listen 
to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach him, teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over households, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can decide themselves and that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. And Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said and chose capable men from Israel and made them leaders over the people, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. And they served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases were brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. And then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way and Jethro returned to his own country. So this is some really good advice that Moses gets from Jethro. He shares it with him and it's uh, it's wise and it's considered and it greatly relieves the pressure from Moses. It is God speaking to Moses through Jethro and, and two key verses here um, really highlight that Jethro is a wise man uh, because he encourages Moses to do what, what I would encourage all of us to do and, and what all of us should do. He says, um, if, if we flip back to verse 19, he says, listen to me now and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. And in verse 23, he says, if you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and these people will go home satisfied. He says to Moses, Check back what I, I'm giving you some wise advice. However, check it back against what you know about God. Check it back against who you understand God to be. You recognize his voice. He spoke to you when the bush was burning. He's led you to this place. You hear his voice. Check it back against what God says. If God so commands you, maybe this is an idea for you. And I think when uh, people, when God brings a word to us through his people, it's really important that we remember, check it back. Check it back against what we know about who God is. So God, he speaks to us through his people. And if it holds up, if it holds up with uh, who we understand God to be, then God perhaps is speaking to us through those around us. Now, the the exciting and uh, encouraging and perhaps challenging thing this morning is this. Not only as believers and people connected to the body of Christ um, are we able to hear the voice of God through those around us, as part of that collective, as part of that family of God, as part of the body of Christ, we are also called to speak and be the people who speak the words of God to those around us. And now that can be a really kind of scary, scary thought. But essentially, if we've come, we've come along this journey now where we all agree God is capable of speaking and in fact he does speak to us and we are capable of learning to hear and recognize his voice if that is the case then then this is just an easy little step uh, that for some reason uh, is challenging to all of us myself uh, often included to just then repeat what we hear God say repeat what we hear God say Um, and remember 
Uh, and this is the relieving thing about it, that all of the power is with the hearer. So if I had something encouraging to say to perhaps um, my sister-in-law, Olivia, if I had something encouraged, I had something to say to her that I felt God had revealed to me, all the power is with Olivia. Uh, she gets to decide how she receives that. She gets to test that back against her own uh, understanding of the voice of God and what that sounds like for her. And so um, Brad shared a list last week um, from Rick Warren, and I want to just share on this as well, because I think it's really important that we remember that uh, when we share the word of God with somebody or when someone is sharing the word of God with us, these are the the things um, that... Um, number one, does it agree with the Bible? Does it ma- number two, does it make me more like Christ? Three, do my church family confirm it? Is it consistent with how God shaped me? Does it concern my responsibilities and area of care? Number six, is it convicting rather than condemning? And I think that's an important one. God is not a God of condemnation. Uh, he may convict us and challenge us and call us to be more like Jesus, but he would never condemn us. And seven, uh, do we sense the peace of God around it? Do we have a sense in our own spirit of the peace of God? And so sort of the key things here around this idea is uh, that any ordinary person can share the word of God. We can all hear and repeat what God has said. And so I want to challenge you this morning um, as we close to perhaps just uh, as a family or as a little group where you are, take a moment and just ask God to speak to you. Ask God to speak to you perhaps about yourself and your family and where you're at in this season. Or perhaps even say, God, could you bring to mind somebody who needs encouragement this morning? And then just wait on the Lord. And if he reveals somebody to you, then then I would encourage you to say, God, what would you like me to encourage this person with this morning? What would you like me to share with your, your precious one this morning? And allow God to reveal that to you as well. And perhaps if you feel brave, uh, you can send that as a text or give them a call. And can I remind all of us that as the hearer, the power is with you to check that back against. Does God command it? Does it sound like the good shepherd? Is it at peace with the spirit of God at work within me also because God sort of the picture of of the church is that we would do life in community that we would encourage one another that we would challenge one another that we would be Jesus to one another as we all grow on this journey imperfect as we are and so my challenge to you this morning is now that we all agree we can hear the voice of God we do hear the voice of God and let us be people who hear and then share what God is saying to us I'm just going to pray quickly for us this morning God would you speak uh, to us this morning across homes all over Sayo would you speak to us and to our hearts um, encouraging and challenging us in Jesus name amen be blessed guys we love you